Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Eben Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we'll begin with something big in the NBA. They now have an official sports book. Yeah, Eben and I were at the press conference. This is Eben's bailiwick. Go for it, brother. Yeah, the NBA has you know consistently been on the forefront of this. If you remember, Adam Silver was the first commissioner to come out and say that that, that he thought sports betting should be legalized, and and no surprise that they're also the first league to sign a gaming partnership. Um, and and the big news here, we, we've talked about the the things that the NBA and other leagues wanted to get from state legislators. They're getting that via commercial deals now you know the mgm is essentially through this deal paying for the right to to have live betting streams directly from the nba and that's a big win for the nba i don't want to want to use an example like radio which it makes sense the nba is opening up their own sports book because like in radio you sometimes want to ship your product out to different affiliates across the nation They can say yes, they can say no. Well, it's better off if you own the radio station altogether and you can put out your own product, and that's what the NBA is kind of doing. So it's not, we're actually, we're not, they're not opening their own. No, well, they have, I know they have the official, I know, but I'm saying they have their own official sports book. They're going direct, they almost are cutting out the middleman. That's what I'm trying to say. Kind of, yeah, and and you'll see others, you'll see other sports books, I think, sign similar partnerships. I mean, you're not going to see exclusivity for MGM on, on on NBA games. But what you will see is the NBA logo, you know, and, and that is something that MGM, Jim Murren said it this week, clearly finds to be valuable. He thinks that, that setting up an official partnership, and bear in mind, MGM has been offering sports gambling in Vegas for decades. They've never had a partnership with the NBA like this. Yes. They really think that as we move further and further into state by state, a more legalized world uh, nationwide framework, they think this partnership will pay dividends. Yeah, we were wondering about the value. Well, the two things here. One, what's the value of the official designation? Cuz really they didn't get much else other than the right to use NBA marks. They, they are designated the official NBA gaming partner. Great. Doesn't mean that you won't be able to bet NBA games elsewhere. So we'll see the power of that logo, of, of the Jerry West logo. Let's see what that means to MGM. Bigger for the NBA, what they've been saying all along is there's value in our intellectual property. And Jim Murren validated that. He said, we will give you, and by the way, Barr, it's three years, $25 million. So not very long. Not a lot of not money. Not a lot of money. We're gonna, and everybody said, we're at the infancy. We're testing. We're seeing. We don't know where this is going to be. This is a, a work in progress. Let's see where it goes. We heard a lot of that. And, and that's all true. But others will have the right. But the NBA can say that MGM saw the value in the intellectual property, the data, and was willing to pay for it. That was paramount. Of, to importance for the NBA. What about the integrity fee? Many leagues have said, hey, we need an integrity fee. Well, what is that, this that's happening That's in essence here? the same thing. That's in essence yeah. the same thing. They're trying right. to say that you need to pay us for our intellectual property. That it's, it's just different terminology. And MGM at least said, we agree there's value in your IP and we're going to give you money for it. Whether or not the nomenclature remains the same in, in the other deals, whether or not it's called an, a, a, an integrity fee or some other data fee remains to be seen, but clearly those talks are going to happen. Yeah, the big difference between kind of this kind of deal and, and the integrity fee is that under the integrity fee model, the NBA is, is directly getting a cut of every dollar wagered on their sport, which gives them 
a more direct line of incentive to, to, to get as many people gambling on their sport as possible. Uh, if you do it this way with an upfront fee coming from an operator to the league, there's less of that direct incentive to get as many dollars wagered on the league as possible. Yeah. And, and we're saying, by the way, that these guys are not strangers. Adam Silver and Jim Mern are not strangers. Right. They own a WNBA team in Las Vegas, MGM does, and they're also the sponsor for the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. So they've done business before. How long does it take before the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, when they say, hey, let's do the same thing? I'm sure it's already happening. Here, here, well, They're already at the yeah. table for sure. We will have uh, as our guest on our podcast later in the week, Ted Leonsis, owner of the Wizards and the Capitals, and also an investor in Sport Radar. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll have some very interesting takes on this NBA MGM deal. Yeah, and it will, as we see the money that gets tossed around here, we'll get a sense of, of kind of where all these leagues stack in the hierarchy. I would imagine that if MGM signs a deal with the NHL, for example, uh, it's probably not going to be $25 million over three years. It would probably be less. You know, We'll get a sense for kind of how the, the, the betting population, and, and that is fairly representative of the sports fan population as a whole right now in the U.S., kind of how they view the popularity of a lot of these leagues. And, and you don't know, I mean, you know how much money's bet on each sport. They don't break it down pro and college. So you get a basketball number, you get a football number. The NBA is about forty to fifty percent of the basketball wagers, but clearly football's the king of the king mm-hmm. of the hill. So the, you just figure the NFL signs a deal like this, the dollars will be higher. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Is that you get into like a I just want to translate. You speak thing. bar. Yeah, I translate for the audience. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, let's talk about the Oakland A's season ticket plans. Now the fans have an option to switch seats during the season? I love this. I do. And I know that it's it's a bit of desperation also for the Oakland A's because nobody goes to the Oakland A's games and their attendance stinks anyway. But it's sort of a pick your plan and then pick where you want to sit. You can sort of go anywhere you want in the ballpark. Give people the freedom to do what they want. Uh, why be? Why watch it? If you watch a game from the third base line every time, and then you go behind home plate, and then you go to the first base line, that's a different experience. Or the outfield. Those are different experiences. And maybe you don't want to be tied into one seat. Oakland's going to give their fans a chance to move around the ballpark a little bit. Yeah, I kind of consider these types of things, and it's it's other teams have done similar, not not identical, but similar things. Uh, kind of like the the reducing the the cost of concessions at game. It just seems like a no. Well, that's tied into this also. It, it's, the, it's they're getting a discount. Getting a discount on, on, getting on getting concessions. Getting a discount on concessions and merchandise, which a number of the Mets I know sell tickets that are like that. Um, it, it just it, with technology being this easy, there's no reason to have a season ticket that locks you into a single seat unless you really want one. The mix between being down the first baseline or being in general admissions, and you'll have the ability to upgrade with the A's a couple hours before some games. Just more flexibility, more choices for fans. The ability to share. What do we hear from tickets. all the owners, Edmund? Give fans what they want. When they want it, where they want it, how they want it. Exactly. And whether that's OTT distribution or now in the ballpark, the message is the same. Folks want what they want. Well, let me ask a question. This is a bar-esque question. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get my bar to English yeah, get, dictionary get, get, get ready. The, Go. Yeah, get the bar thesaurus out. <laughs> what happens, okay, I want to switch. I have season tickets, and I'm along the third baseline. And now I want to go behind home plate. But, hey, there's another guy who has those seats that I want who is also a season ticket holder. 
I mean, obviously, you can't just take the man's seats. You got to wait till it opens up. So what happens? Yeah, there. I mean, there are certainly algorithms that will decide kind of who gets to choose what and and who has priority, et cetera. Um, but the truth is, I mean, it, Oakland A's games are not selling out. You know, they're doing this because. They have a lot of empty seats, and they're trying to entice more people to come to games, and that's a problem that's happening across all sports. As as it becomes easier and better to watch at home, you know, attending games isn't quite what it used to be, and a large part of that is the experience at home. But another large part of that is the difficulty and the cost of going to games. Period. And if teams can ease the friction with which you get to the game, the how easy it is to get seats, to have different types of seats, different options, etc. Uh, maybe that'll turn around. I was at a lunch earlier this week with the CEO of a sports team, and it was an off-the-record lunch, so I don't even want to say who. But they do fan satisfaction surveys and focus groups at the end of the year. And the two things that came back most often fans were upset about two things. One, concession prices. And two was the ingress, the time it took to get into because of security, get to the seats, just the hassle of getting in the joint. So uh, you have to listen to your fans. These are things that people are trying to address. And the Oakland A's, seemingly at least on the pricing and the, and, and the ease with which people can move around the ballpark, uh, give them choices, at least they're, they're trying. Part of this is an advantage that baseball teams have just by virtue of having 82 seats, home, 81 home games. games. Yeah. yeah, there's, you know, your NFL teams, when you have eight home games, aren't going to offer necessarily a lot of different types of packages like this. But if you're an NFL and, and a baseball team and, you know, you have midday games early in the season and then, you know, summer night games, uh, there's a lot of different options you can offer. And, team, and we're seeing a lot of innovation in baseball. Which team, and forgive me, I don't remember, one of the teams is selling a package now where you get a certain, it's a fixed dollar figure, but the team has to win five games. So if they, if we might have to come oh, back. Oh, we know yeah, it's not the it's, Mets. They're no. <laughs> no, not giving up 105 runs. No, it's. I think it's but, the, I mean, the Brewers the, or the Padres. Brewers, it's one pa- of the okay, two, but think about that. So you're actually rooting against your own team if you want to go to more games. You pay 85 bucks, whatever it is, and you get to go until the team wins five games. So if they go on a five-game winning streak, you're done. You got to buy more. But if they're they don't win five games for 50 games, you can go to a whole bunch of ball games for that one price. And, I love that. Yeah, and what fan wouldn't want to see their team lose 25 to four? Who? Who? Who wouldn't? Hey, I kind I of enjoy, I, I'm not lying. I, I saw it on Twitter when I saw what was going on. I flicked to, to Twitter and I, I sent some snarky messages to some folks involved with the you know in, in the team and elsewhere. Um, but then I flicked it on and I kind of like watching Jose Reyes pitch. I watched him for when a the shortstop has to pitch. You know something is wrong. He was man. coming in with an 85 mile an hour fastball. He yeah. was had some fun sidearm off speed stuff. An- anecdotally, it. it certainly feels as though we've seen more position players pitching in baseball this yeah. year yeah. than ever before. I don't yes. know if that's because strategically it Keep people are realizing Hernandez? it makes sense yeah. or or what the deal is. But uh, it is fun to watch. We have we've never talked about by the way, and we don't have time now. But I love what the Razor doing where relievers are starting and that i love it yeah now that i do like i I mean and every time joe madden came with the shift i don't understand this whole baseball push i know this wasn't on our agenda at all today but this whole let's do away with the shifts and the you know what if you want to stack nine guys on their heads like a totem pole on first base so be it you know you're allowed to put (laughs) nine guys out there and let's i got to hit the ball and circle the bases and if you think you got a better way to stop me 
cool. I love when Joe Madden did all that stuff. Now more and more are doing it, but I thought it was great. I think the Rays a couple of days ago moved their closer to, to I think third base or yeah. shortstop yeah. for for a batter and yeah. brought in a different pitcher, yeah. you know, just so they could play the lefty righty yeah. matchup. Yeah. Which I'm sad. Did it enough. help their game yeah. at all? They're, they're doing, I think they yeah, that that game well. they won. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, the, you're, you're, there are certainly a, there's a lot going on in baseball right now. The, the I believe the Astros are are playing with uh, with an extra outfielder yeah. on, in certain occasions. Um, yeah, there's innovation. But you always used to, I mean used to do that late in games. It was should we bring in one outfielder if you needed an you know you need to stop the ball from going through the infield late in the game. All right, the, people have always thought of something. Now they want to do away with the shift, and that that's crazy. Well, to Scott me. Boris is arguing that it, the shift is is fundamentally unfair to left-handed hitters because of you know the importance of, of, of first base, the geometry of the game itself, uh-huh. um, which is you know he he has clients out there that are looking at a lot of money. Bryce Harper being one of them who, who's Wade, affected Wade, by the Wade shift. Wade Boggs yeah. was a left-handed hitter. I don't think he had a problem going to left field. <laughs> So and I know all right, Scott Boris, you have my number. You can call me and send me a 100 page data point book on on what's going on. on. We'll have a PowerPoint, yeah, Yeah, on why it's unfair. Um, Yeah, sorry, you know, sorry, Bryce, but things it's about adapting, right? Exactly, adapt and overcome. I'm with you. Ding, ding, ding! Bonus, just like they used to say in the old Price is Right, the old Bill Cullen Price is Right. Yes, that, and then you hear the bell. Do I tell him? Do I tell him? Bonus. Are you ready for this? What? You ready for this part? This is gonna be this is gonna blow your mind on the air. What? My mother used to be one of the prices right women with Bill Cullen. Get the Sam Hill out of here. Yeah, you wanted that amount of range? Which my one, mother which one could was show it? you. Which one? Oh boy. Which one was what? Which one was what the model? Which he, one was it? He knows which, which exactly model? who your mother is. What, what am I supposed to? <laughs> no, oh my god, this is so short. Short dark hair. Oh, thank you. Now you described half well, of Manhattan. I mean, what, thank which, you. which one? Her name was Barbara. Like I don't know how they I wasn't born then. I don't know. I mean, no, but you but oh man, you gotta you gotta tell me later. Future kickwalk queen at University of Vermont. Just oh letting you know. Oh my yeah. God, she was on the Bill Cullen Price. She was, is right. on the she Bill was a Cullen model. Price. Yes, she was. Do you see how excited Barr is right I, now? Oh, I love old game show. Oh, that's man, that's great. That's better than your two ninety nine bowling. Score. Yeah, well, I shot a two ninety five too, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> Here's about a two ninety five. If you got a two ninety nine, you're never telling the two ninety five. Well, that's because I threw a big Greek church split at the last shot. I don't know what that's, that means. That's I, a I don't five. Even know. It's a five pin split. Okay. But that, anyway, <laughs> what? Then that's cool. I what know. I'm getting at it. Here's the bonus. Okay. Fortnite, yeah, which just celebrated its one-year anniversary. Yeah, now there's a story out that parents are hiring coaches for their kids to play Fortnite and hopefully get into esports later on. Yeah, the the story is fu- it's a Wall Street Journal story. It's funny in that there 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 seems to be two threads for parent thought here. One being that my kid might get a scholarship in the future. And, and comparing that to, you know, getting your kid a private swimming tutor or a private baseball tutor, et cetera, um, which is, you know. It's all insane. Yeah, which is crazy. This The, the other being that, that Fortnite is so popular that it has become a social cachet among young kids and parents are pained to see their kids not good at it. And feel as though their social standing would be improved if they were better at Fortnite, which to me is an amazing justification uh, for doing it. How about if they got off the computer and can actually talk to their friends or these kids? I, I, I mean, mean I don't funny, want to sound like the old man. That's your job here, but the funny thing about <laughs> that both though, threads are ridiculous. But but people, I mean, games like Fortnite, which you know you play multiplayer. Oftentimes, you're talking via headset yeah. to people in your game. They are much a. They're much more social than the games that but like my not, generation. It's not the same as face to face interaction. However, as, yeah. 
in, a, in an era where, you know, everybody's on a screen at all times, yes. there are parents out there that really like Fortnite because it is helping socialize their kids in a way that like your standard PlayStation back in the day didn't do because it didn't have this connectivity option. I would say it's probably more they're hearing that schools are starting to give out scholarships for esports. But they're not and they giving out mushroom. Fortnite scholarships. Oh, well, they'll give away. I mean, parents don't know this. They're probably the kids will like Fortnite, is, so they'll tell th- them. This that. is the problem with that argument. And Bar, I know you can answer this, but 13 months ago, how many people were playing Fortnite? Nobody. None. Zero. Nobody. Yeah. The, the problem with you just esports said it's one is one-year anniversary. That's exactly. Right. Games come and go very quickly, and no one had heard of Fortnite a year ago. And there's a chance that you know, three years down the line, when these nine-year-olds are twelve, there's a new game. Everyone's playing that, and and nobody's playing Fortnite anymore. But you, but you, I think it's about developing the hand-eye and the, and the thumb muscles, and the you know, you're developing yourself for all future games. I mean, this isn't like basketball, and <laughs> that basketball's been around for fifty years, and in and in twenty years, your child is going to be able to get a basketball scholarship if he's good enough. Fortnite can can come and go, and multiple iterations can be back by then. And and who knows what the esports landscape is going to look like when these kids are going to college? Well, you know what? I, as you know, my son's in the competitive hockey world, so I guess it's no different than when I see a lot of these parents with the private lessons at age nine and the on the ice five six days a week, and they're pushing and they're pushing. See, I mean, why should this be any different? I would argue that it is different, though. When when your kid is, is you going just argue to with me college, the <laughs> there is going to be a hockey scholarship out there if he's good enough. Well, yeah, yeah right? I understand. Nothing but says that when nine, these kids are old enough, any, uh, the there's going to be a Fortnite If you've ever seen the percentage likelihood, the pyramid, to think at age nine that your child is going to be the one that gets the Division One scholarship or beyond is asinine because the percentages are overwhelmingly against it. There's a time when your kid is 15, if they've shown the aptitude to be so good at something that perhaps that's the goal and the, the arbiters who, who know these things say this, the, he or she has a shot, then you, okay, not at age eight and nine. Okay, let me ask you a question though, because it, it goes back to an argument I had earlier. With who? Who would, well, with everybody. <laughs> who, who would want to sit down and watch people play cards? And I mean, The World Series of Poker on TV was a big that, deal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at is that, that people get into this. They're, people will watch playing. So what's and the a, difference? An ephemeral, ephemeral thing, I will say. Yeah, it, it, it faded. <laughs> Can I well, interject for a moment? Yes, we always Please have. We always My love this uncle was exceptional at playing video games. And he used to go to the competitions that Nintendo and Sega used to have. Like, he just had... He was just so amazing at it. <laughs> Original he esports he had, no, he had a gift. So what I'm saying is I understand that if parents recognize any kind of potential that their child has with something, why not Why not invest in that to see where it could take them, no? Yeah, I, I agree with if, you 10,000%. If, do, if, if you're doing it for some sort of crazy... At, at, yes, at age 15 or so. I think it's insane is eight or eight or nine, especially when the odds are overwhelmingly stacked against the kid of achieving that goal. I mean, I, data is data. But I feel like nowadays, eight or nine, it's so different because of social media, because of the video gaming. Back then, it was different. Now, it's like if you miss that window, I feel have to it's going younger and younger. I, I mean, I think I, I'm not saying it's okay. I think it is. Nine, it is going younger. I but just that's think the problem. Uh, it's, to the detriment it's, of the kids. Well, but if you if you well. Let me put it this way. If if a child gets into a sport at age eight or nine, well, like your son, 
He's very good in hockey. But he does not. But I do not allow him to specialize. And I take him off the ice for two plus months in the summer, unlike many of the parents who only let their kids play hockey, who on on his team and others, who only more hockey, more practice, more practice during the summer. They're putting him. No, no, you're not going to play baseball. You're not playing lacrosse. You're not. No, no, no. More hockey lessons. Hockey, 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 well, that, hockey. Well, that's a, that's a parent thing. And you're right. Yeah. I agree with you 10,000% that part. Oh, man, that was good. Your mom really was on the old prices right. Yes, she was. I, I, I got to talk to you more. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick and Eben Noby williams We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Washington Capitals and Washington Wizards owner Ted Leonsis. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. 